Hello and welcome to Humans Beyond Resources, an HR podcast by Reverb where we cover topics from culture to compliance. Reverb believes that every decision a leader makes reverberates throughout the organization, from hiring your first employee to training your entire workforce. We believe in building healthy, inclusive cultures that engage your team. I'm your host, Sarah Wilkins. Welcome to episode six of Humans Beyond Resources. Today, we are discussing PTO policies and particularly unlimited PTO and the recent criticism on how it leads to taking less time off. To dig into this deeper and discuss some best practices for unlimited PTO or other alternatives that lead to a healthy culture where people take time off, I have Eliza Polly and Seth Sheeran, both people operations consultants. Welcome, Eliza and Seth. I'm looking forward to this discussion. Thank you. Great to be here. Wonderful. So to start off, this may seem like a silly question, but how would you describe unlimited PTO? Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of that what it is, you know, so it's PTO where there's, it's kind of a bottomless bucket, right? There's, there's not, you know, typically we've, you've known the traditional company, oh, you get two weeks off in a year. Well, this kind of eliminates that guardrail to say, you know, if you ask for it, you know, you don't have this bucket of time. It's, it's the seamless, endless bucket. I agree with that. I also think it's evolved over time and um, unlimited has become um, a a word that people aren't super comfortable with from a company perspective. But I think in general, it means to people that you aren't constrained by a policy that would prevent you from taking time off if you needed to at a really high level. I think that's what people think of it as. Yeah, the intention behind it. I have terminology changed a little bit with a large um, tech company using the words discretionary time off instead of unlimited, um, when in essence, it's kind of describing what you're just describing. Yeah, I have one client who's using discretionary and I have others who are calling it unmanaged for business reasons. For For business reasons. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so the intent behind unlimited PTO is really to provide flexibility and not have such strict guardrails, if you will, on the total number of days someone could take off in a year, but giving them the flexibility to take the time that they need. Is that kind of the intent behind it? That was the original, the original intent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, as you both know, this is a very, you know, popular and competitive perk in a lot of our um, tech and startup clients. Um, But we've seen lots of articles or some different um, studies recently where it's led to people taking maybe too little time off. So why do you think that is, you know, this policy was intended to be really helpful and to give people the flexibility and the, um, you know, support to take time off, but it's, it's seeming like some people aren't taking time off now because of it. From my perspective, I think it's completely a reflection of the culture that's been established. Um, there's really no other benefit, I would argue, that is reflective of what your leadership culture is already in place. I think sometimes putting in policies like this can be aspirational, but it's not really who you are in the moment. And if leadership isn't willing to walk the talk, not only for themselves to actually take the vacation, but if they 
unfortunately sometimes get, engage in behavior where they give you the feeling that there's consequences if you take vacation, that you somehow will be left out of interesting projects, that there'll be something that you'll feel where it wasn't um, genuinely accepted that you were taking the time off. And I think if that is already the setup of the culture, um, over time, it's just natural that people will feel like taking and asking for more time off is a bad thing. And um, I think that's one of the main reasons why you've seen it start to become something that people are more scared of than if it had actually been accrued um, and given to them as kind of um, a reward for their service. That's my perspective. I think that's yeah. really interesting. I think my vision into that too, or my insight into that is like, I think it's, there's a lot of psychology that kind of goes into it as well. It's like, you go from like this scarcity mindset to this like, oh, it's this giant, you know, I don't have a bucket. Like I don't like when you have a limited, like, hey, you have this much, so many hours in a year. Well, you're, you, you've got something to do math on, right? Well, I can take, let me take, you know, these two days and these two days and, you know, this, these two weeks off and I'm going to plan this trip. And, you know, you're, you're approaching it through a scarcity mindset of, well, I only have so much. So if I need to, I can plan it. And I, you know, that, that kind of way, whereas, oh, I wish I could take that vacation. It'd be nice to take that vacation. I could take it if I wanted to. I don't have a number in my brain that I'm having to like work around. It's just this amorphous thing. And so you, a lot of the times you see, they just won't ask for it or they just keep putting it off probably to the point of, well, I don't, if I do, I don't, could I miss out on projects? Could I miss out on, you know, X, Y, and Z? Um, but that's usually what I've seen in, in how employees kind of approach, approach it fully on their computer and, and still connected. Um, it kind of sets that same tone for people. And so they feel like they can never truly get away. So instead of taking time off, it's just easier to stay on, I guess, if you will. What are things that you can do if this is the right type of policy for you to have, and you really do have the culture and want the flexibility, how do you set this up in a way where it will work well for your organization and your people? I think you have to, in order for it to work well, like unlimited PTO is not a one size fits all, and it's not a silver bullet. So I think when I've seen it worked well, it's in, in tandem with other policies, right? Like, or other benefits, right? Like I've seen one company that's, you know, made it mandatory, you know, you have, to, you need to take off so much time. I've seen that mm -hmm. a company that's worked really well is, is an added benefit. They offer a travel agent service. So they're like encouraging employees to take that time and, or plan vacations or take time out of the office. It, I think it just has to come in with a, either you already have like a great culture already set in on time off, or there's another policy or another framework set in to kind of go with it. And that just matches, you know, matches the culture and matches, you know, what you're trying to drive with your employees. Again, it has to start at the top. Um, it, it's got to be something that employees 
feel completely comfortable doing. And if there is, um, you know, not enforcement of it, that will obviously cause problems. Um, the other thing I've seen, maybe similar to the to the travel agent thing, which is an interesting idea, uh, is I've seen little, um, well, not so little, but but some additional benefits and perks given, like here's a voucher towards a hotel chain, and people aren't going to hopefully not sit on that forever. It will hopefully encourage them to book the rest of the trip and then use the dollars that they got towards their hotel room to help them. Um, that gets a little tricky when people are really specific or picky about where they stay, but at least the intent there is to say, you know, here's a little nudge to book a trip. Um, honestly, I think the thing that I've seen that works the best, um, which does not involve money, um, is transparency with people scheduling time. And it can mm -hmm. backfire as well, but there are a couple of companies that I've seen recently who there's no accrual process. It's unlimited, quote unquote, but you do request the time off through your HRIS and it shows up on a company calendar. And I think that that can help with seeing or not seeing which leaders are taking time off when your manager is planning to take off for the rest of the year if they've planned ahead. And it obviously helps day to day with work because you know who's around and who's not around. But I think people start to look at patterns and the more that they see people, particularly in leadership, taking vacation time, it seems to encourage them more. It, it's not a one fix solution, um, but I think the visibility of it can be really, really helpful. There's, of course, a flip side to seeing people who take you know, excessive vacation and people wondering why that person's never around, things like that. But I've seen it, particularly in a startup high-performance environment, I've seen it as something where people feel almost left out if they don't take vacation. And their manager can then look at the calendar and say, look, the rest of your team's been getting some good R&R. Like, it's your turn. Things like that, I think, can just help get the mindset right that it's something that everyone needs to engage in, even the most busy people on the team. Our staff team does that where we our vacations out on a calendar and um, Michaela, our CEO, actually, people tell her, her superpower is taking time off. Um, she's really <laughs> great at booking it, getting it on the calendar. You know, I think I love how we pointed out that the leader really drives it. If you have a leader who notices that their their team isn't taking any time off, how would you coach them in in helping their team get get the time off or make it a priority? It doesn't always fit everyone's schedule, but I've seen recently, and I know Reverb has done this, I've seen other companies do this, where they just block a week and they say the company's closed this week. And that one of my recent clients, they did that, but they took one person out of each functional area and made them the on-call in case there were emergencies. Um, and that on-call person, they had a spreadsheet where they rotated who that would be so that it was fair. And depending on who was around or wanted to go on vacation that week or not, there would always be someone. Um, and not every business can manage that, but I think um, when you are larger and there's more resources, that's a really nice option for people so that there is no um, 
pointing at certain people or figuring out when you can go out. And it's just the same for everyone, if that's possible. Um, I think leaders should at least think about that as an option for their business. They yeah. have to first personally notice and be in line with less vacation is a problem. Um, mm -hmm. I've worked with companies who put that policy out there, but the reality is that the CEO really was nervous when people were out of the office and didn't think the business was going to be as successful. And that's the mindset that has to change before you even have a policy like this. That has to be there first. Yeah, that it's important. That's a very good thing to point out. And I like your example because um, as a staff team, we tried summer Fridays two years ago mm -hmm. or three, and it was great, but we found because we're in a client service, customer service, you know, always on type of environment that some people never really uh, shut off on those days. And so to correct that, we created a calendar and just had one person every week and it was fair and it was, you know, scattered across the whole team and really made a difference. I could tell for everybody. So mm -hmm. just that little simple change of like, yeah, there's one person on call, you know, it's going to be covered and you can shut off. Um, cause otherwise it's hard to shut off. And the shutting off is a big part too. I I've encouraged CEOs in the past that if they do get an email from someone who's on vacation, they need to respond and say, I don't want to get more emails from you for the rest of the week. Um, you know, not in a punitive way, but in a supportive way to give them permission. I think mm -hmm. when you work with a lot of really driven type A kinds of people, they sometimes just need permission to take a minute for themselves. And I think just giving that while someone is on vacation and still worrying about email is really important because otherwise your vacation is, is not restorative and you come back feeling like you need a vacation. And or the anxiety of like anymore. all the work that's piling up, right? And like, you know, even checking. So like, I know, for me, it's not, it's not the meat, like what's in the emails, it's how many emails I'm look, you know, looking at if you know, you're taking that time off, and then you get the anxiety of like, I'm gonna have 5,000 million emails, I'm gonna have to dig through and, you know, and it just kind of ruins the whole you know, ex, you know, resting and step away experience. So yeah. One time I took a, a long vacation, my first one, it was two weeks and I just took my email off of my phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I didn't even think oh. about it until I put it back on when I was back from the vacation. And that was the best thing for me. Uh, I had no computer and the email was no longer on my phone. So <laughs> yeah, really uh, as a person who, yeah, has a hard time shutting off. It's, uh, it, that was a trick I used. <laughs> yeah, I know. And not everybody has like that, like a luxury, but I think, Yes, having like separating your work computer and your personal computer and you're taking stuff off your phone like that is the best, you know, the best thing, you know, if you have if you have that situation like take mm -hmm. advantage of it because that is that is how you can shut off and get rest. Yeah, I started sure. booking my calendar on my return date until like 1pm and basically told everybody I'm back the afternoon of Monday um, and spent those few hours facing the inbox, getting myself organized and most of the time not having people looking for me. It depends on your environment, working from home, in the office, et cetera, but putting some preparation for when you get back so that you don't feel that dread 
during your entire vacation because that dread can be as bad as reading the emails during your vacation dreading mm -hmm. the return um can ruin your vacation vibe really fast <laughs> and you know that becomes unproductive and unhealthy for people as well yeah yeah all these tips are great and i love that one just to get caught up yeah so you know i hear from all of this discussion you know leaders in the culture that is set and their belief around what type of time off um you know if, if that time off is important um and restorative and helpful to you know their teams and business um is the right place to start before determining what type of you know pto policy you put in place um but any other you know final piece of advice that you would give to leaders deciding on you know what pto policy works for them and and how best to roll out and monitor it yeah i would say what is your goal like, what is your goal in implementing a time off policy, right? Like, the one of the big advantages in PTO, unlimited PTO, when it was first out, is like it became this whole process of, well, it's not accrual. So if you leave, we don't have to pay you, right? Like, we don't, like, that's some cost savings, you know, here and there. It's over the times you would actually take it. So, you know, what is your goal? Like, do you want people to actually take it and not have a burnout staff, not have high turnover, but you want to, some of those benefits, you know, think about that and then think about the policies and the culture that you're implementing in tandem with that. If unlimited is just not something that fits your culture right now, but you want to be able to give something expansive, then look at, you know, you know, what is the industry that you're working in? Like what is competitive and what is restful and um, what seems generous to get good talent? And then how do you manage, you know, how do you manage it? And don't be mad when somebody takes advantage of it, right? So um, I just would really give like, what is your goal? I agree with that. And, and on the flip side, you know, we haven't talked about the taking advantage part. Um, We've mostly been focusing on people that don't take enough vacation, but there's absolutely going to be cases where people take too much. And I think thinking through if you are prepared to handle that as a management team ahead of time, that you are willing to measure performance. And if performance is going to be contingent upon a certain amount of in-person or Zoom attendance, then you have to think that through and be ready to call that out. I think there is concern from some employees sometimes that the people who do take a lot of vacation are not 100% pulling their weight in projects. And that needs to be measured separately from your vacation hours if mm -hmm. you have an unlimited policy. Um, and there's nuances around that that I think need to be thought through um, because there will inevitably be people who um it may not look to everyone like it's being abused but there will be times where employees feel like someone is not around enough and um there has to be forethought in how to manage those situations and not make it then feel like an hourly environment where you're calling out the hours that people need to be working um because that mm -hmm. opens up a whole other set of problems you're not timekeeping um, your 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 yeah. other you know your coworkers. Yeah, that's super toxic. You know, but I've seen that 
Yeah. yeah. Recently, where a company was frustrated that someone was, you know, they were trying to solve for for one person versus the overall problem, but there was one person who was not, who was taking quite a bit of time off and not meeting their job responsibilities, and so they started telling that person, "You need to work forty hours." And I said, "Time out. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, let's not talk about number of hours. Let's talk about results that you're looking for and measuring them and working with this person to see if they are going to be able to meet their objectives in the time frame that you expect. Um, but I understand the desire to kind of get really um, micro detailed on the number of hours because you're trying to achieve the same thing, which is I need results mm-hmm. and not getting them. Yeah. And so there has to be thought about how to manage that without getting into a wage and hour issue. Yeah. And I think it's what you said, both really important is really around managing the expectations and objectives that you have for that person, regardless of the time that they take off. So making sure that person knows and has clear expectations, clear objectives to accomplish. And if they aren't accomplishing them, then that's more of a performance discussion that needs to be had between, you know, them and the leader and, um, not so much, you know, honing in on the exact amount of time off they've taken, I think is what I hear. (laughs) Yeah. I would add another dimension to leaders. Are you fresh? Like, what are you frustrated at? Are you frustrated at planned time or unplanned time kind of associate with is that there is a difference between planned and unplanned in this? Well, awesome. This was super helpful. Thank you both. Um, It was great to talk to you today and looking forward uh, to everyone hearing this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans Beyond Resources. Visit ReverbPeople.com to find free resources, subscribe to our newsletter, and connect with our team. If you haven't already, subscribe to stay up to date on all of our upcoming episodes. We look forward to having you as part of our community.